0: What's good everybody, this is Silas from SilasBeats.info here with another episode of the Leverage Podcast, the podcast that helps you get ahead. This is episode 182. Today I want to discuss your USP, or your, your unique selling point. What makes you, you? Well, what makes you different, actually, let me say that. Um, it's really, it becomes really important to spend a lot of time differentiating, differentiating yourself when you're in an industry that is so fast-paced so that's it, growing quickly an industry that is it's taking on a lot of new creators um, back when like if you're a if you're a rapper or you were, you're just basically anyone in the industry in the music industry back it became it was very very difficult for you to create music full stop there was no random DAWs you could just access that had all of the plugins that you needed to do everything that you needed to do as easily as you can do things today and because of this the sheer number of people making music was smaller right Um, I think it was Busta Rhymes Busta Rhymes used to say It's so different now The way it was when they started out Because when they started out They had a couple of people And they were those people They then became those people The people who are looked up to Because they are the few people Who can make music Now as things obviously progress It becomes super easy For people to create music It doesn't take a lot of money It doesn't take a lot of effort For you to create a song therefore the market starts to get saturated by good music but also by a lot of bad music usually more bad than good so you're left with an industry that is now being almost polluted by music that is substandard so actually let me not say polluted because you get a whole lot more uh, people who are making mediocre music and you get a few people that are actually stepping out and making really good music and the more the better the equipment becomes, the higher the standard becomes. Think of it like, um, the way our music video, uh, our music videos in hip-hop have been going. In fact, our music videos in this country have been going. Before, it, it, music videos were really cheap looking. They were really bad. And, like, all we ever got was channel O. Sometimes we'd get MTV bass, sometimes we'd get, sometimes we'd get Trace. But we were never, um, They were never, like, great, you know, they were never great. Then our first few good music videos started to come through. Then what started to happen is that a lot more good music videos came through. Then from there, the standard got pushed up. Therefore, if you wanted to have a music video that did really well, you had to spend a little bit more money, you had to be a little bit more creative, you had to do a little bit more to get um, that recognition that you wanted. Now this is what's happening in music, and I think people aren't realizing this because I think being where I am, sitting where I sit, and doing what I do—not um, to brag, but I—I I hear a lot of music. I get a lot of submissions. It's just people asking, and it's always the same thing: "Dude, can I send you a track that you can listen to and give me feedback?" And I'm tired. I'm very, very tired of um, getting a track. Someone sends me a a track And it sounds the same as Every other song that I get It's It's got there's heavy trap influence Um, It's Badly mixed Um, And like there's nothing wrong with trap Trap can be nice but Not when every single beat Sounds the same Not when every single flow Is the same that video that Snoop, that Snoop and 50 Cent—I don't know who else is in that video—where they're mocking the, they're mocking that flow, but da 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 da, da 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 da, and they're just going on like that, and th- like it's funny then, but that's exactly what everyone's doing. And um, now with Casper's uh, new single, the one that came out just before his, uh, his album came out. Now I got a couple of songs this week to mix and master and people are using sha sha and fa fa as ad-libs now. This is what they're doing, it's the in thing, it's trending at the moment, therefore they've decided they're going to start throwing it in their songs. I'm like, there's nothing unique about this, what are you doing? What are you doing? You're taking things from things you've already heard and hoping that these are gonna be the unique selling point. It's not unique. When people send me tracks, they're not unique. And that's the first comment I'm making. Like, I I, don't know how many, I don't know how many songs I've listened to in the past five days. Could easily be 50, easily. People are sending me songs and I'm like, ugh, come on. And everyone promises the same damn thing. Ah, dude, my music is unique. It's new, it's fresh, it's hip. You know, listen listen to it. I promise you, I don't disappoint. I listen to it, it's disappointing. Same flow, bad quality, uh, same trap, same sounds. It goes right down to the beat. They've got sound effects and I promise you now, if I want to hear um, uh, sound packs that Metro Booming uses, I'm gonna go and listen to music that the dude has produced. Why, as a music producer, are you trying to define your career of someone else's career? That's the biggest, that's the the quickest way to fail. The quickest way to fail is to build your career of someone else's career. Now, not to say don't use people's um, uh, tricks, styles, things, because I use people's kits all the time. People just don't know which kits I've used. And for the most part, nowadays, I'm trying to create everything. I'm trying to bash into a drum or sing something out or it basically create stuff that no one else is ever going to be able to recreate because if they're not me, they're not gonna be, if they don't have my instruments, they're not gonna be able to do exactly the same thing that I do. They can't get the very same effects that I have. And maybe one day I'll sell a, a kit. Maybe this is what happens when you, um, when you become a big artist or big music producer that you're able to create and sell a kit and I won't mind uh, coming out with enough with a bunch of samples because I know, regardless of how people want to use my samples, I'm still the creator of that sound. Um, I was a Timberland who was quite arrogant Says something about uh, something about hearing a lot of mini me's or something like that. Back in the days, when like there was a point where that Timberland sound was the sound that everybody else was doing, then it became very difficult to distinguish between. Is this a Timberland-produced beat? But then, when you heard a beat that was produced by Timberland, you're like, ah, I hear it. You know, it's got, it's got the typical Timberland sound to it. Um, same with the Dre beat. Now, even the guy will create a, uh, will create a track, and the track will be simply Dre. It'll be simple. The drums will knock hard. Um, it'll, like. Uh, the vocals will pierce through in the mix that's what you that's what you expect from a Dre track and that's what you would be getting sure so like it's 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 difficult but it's important that that thing is there and I know the music industry is very difficult and it's very competitive and it's very like it's very very difficult to shine, get ahead, you know, get the upper hand to get all those things, but at the same time, you can't completely sell into exactly what you're hearing that's out there also another thing that I get to hear well, I get to hear people's mindsets when they come into studio. I hear things like this is the current sound, and that's why i'm doing it i'm doing it, and then later on I'm going to go in, into my own sound and or focus on what I sound like, and that. And again, for the most part, I'm like, okay, cool, do that. But at the same time, it it makes me a little bit makes me a little bit sad to hear that for anybody to be doing anything really good or anything really well, that they need to conform to what is out there. And exactly, I'm not talking about kind of close. I'm talking about verbatim, same kicks. I'm hearing the same snares, I'm hearing the same synthesizers, the same strings, the same vocals, the same autotune, the same deep, 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 thick, thick, uh, tinny sounding um, shitty autotune. I'm hearing the same, it's, it's not clear, the kicks aren't coming through clearly. And this is what the music industry is getting flooded with, this kind of sound. So... Yeah, now that brings me to why it's so important. It's Because if you have a unique selling point, if you have something that's unique about you, you're able to milk it for longer. I'm not saying this because I'm annoyed with trap. I'm not saying this because I'm annoyed with auto-tune or I'm annoyed with um, uh, that that flow, that particular flow that everybody's using at the moment. I'm saying it because should should you come up with a... Uh, seemingly big track or hit track and you have a unique selling point you're able to ride it up. you're able to ride the wave a little bit longer and you're able to catch the surf uh, as it were for a little bit longer let's look at a situation where um, someone has made a track right and this track is it's decent like it's doing decently but because it's trapped and because it sounds like everything else, it just fades away over a very short period of time. I remember, like, I'm thinking right now of, um, what's this guy's name? Maraza. Very, very good musician. Very good music that he's created. It's all there. He has everything as a lyricist, beat selection, um, the way he manages his brand, all of that stuff. He's really, really good at that. But should he, should he catch a break Off of the sound he's making now To me, it still sounds the very same As everything else Again, my opinion But where is that hype that was around his name A short while ago Hype is, people's hype People's half-life for hype is dying When a song is big, it's not as big as, It doesn't stay as big as it used to This is what's happening with um, um, albums, this is the same reason why albums, it's not not conventional for people to do albums now, you'd rather just focus on single after single after single after single after single and then eventually when you've built up a name for yourself then focus on an album. Because that half-life, that that shelf-life, it's not as long as it used to be. This is fact now, this is just numbers talking. That you've got a track, it lasts for a particular period of time. Five to ten years ago, that track might have lasted um, as a as a big track or as a mainstream track for maybe uh, I don't know, it can be even up to ten months. Nowadays, big track goes big; it doesn't it really doesn't last that long. It doesn't remain as big as it could be for as long as possible. But now, if you have that USP, that unique selling point, like, um, let's see, someone who rode the wave for a long time, uh, who's, who's been riding the wave, look at China. I know you've got two, uh, you've got two Motsuako um, uh, greats, two people that have shot through all of that, and that's double HP and Kulichana. You look at one, he, obviously there's other issues there that we, like, we don't need to discuss, but if you look at Kuli Chana, someone who's able to come through with a very, very unique sound, very plain at times, very simple, very jivey kind of party sound that he has, plus his rapping, you know, and he's taken elements, fused them, uh, very particular beat selection, same with, with, uh, with Jabba, very particular beat selection, when those people jump on those beats, you know they're making those unique tracks that have the ability to pop off the same way that those old tracks used to had Kulitana from the beginning jumped on what the current sound was and then from there now is making full on trap it wouldn't have worked for him he wouldn't have been he wouldn't have been able to do exactly what he's doing now why would you want temporary success because you're not gonna get you I promise you you don't you will not get um the type of uh success or longevity in your career that you want. Longevity is so important because you don't want to pop for for two years. You don't want to pop for three years. Because you're not going to be the um, the amount of I know, the amount of, how do I put it? Two years is not going to set you up for the rest of your life unless something incredible happens. In two years, you can make a formal million rand that's not enough to take you for the rest of your life it really isn't there's jobs out there or if you study and you come out with let's say you come out in a job it's very very basic very entry level you're only getting 10 000 rand a month which is already it's already a thing i mean if you've studied enough years that is an amount that you should be trumping quite quickly so you get 10k a year or let's say you get 100k every single year right in your job and that that means that you're getting less than um excuse me you're getting less than 10k uh, a month to get 100k that's um in 10 years it's what one more then from there um, how many years? we're looking at about 40 years now it, that's when you'd be getting your your 4 mil in any case. It's not going to survive you the rest of your life. Now remember when you've got family members and dependents and all those other things, it's not going it to, really isn't going to help you out that you're earning that much. Maybe you're getting 4k and that's it for the rest of your life. You know, so you're getting 4 mil and that's it for the rest of your life. Now you're stuck. <laughs> you're stuck in a situation where you've blown up, you've had your time to shine, you've done everything you need to, but you could have had what could have, what a career that's ended up spanning over two three years could have spanned eight to ten years and in those eight to ten years you could have built a whole lot more you would have been a whole lot more used to the fame after the first three years of having it that you would have known how to keep it going Um, just things would have been a lot better for you and I'm looking at people now that have gone up and come down they've shot up and they've completely tanked Uh, and unfortunately it's very difficult to come back after you've had a taste of it after people have had the taste of you it's very difficult to resurrect yourself so you're gonna make sure that when you're coming forth that you come forth with your best foot forward and the easiest way to come forth with your best foot forward is to just sound unique in your sound just remain unique but start unique remain unique and flourish I wanna see, like, you know, more new sounds. Like, our industry is young, but we have the potential to create very, very, very different types of hip-hop, whether it be rapping in vernac over trap, or rapping in English over trap, to your boom-bap sound, to a more commercial type poppy sound, to rapping over Um. rock-sounding alternative beats, to rapping over um, R&B, to singing over pop, to singing over what would typically be a trap track. You know, we've got so many different facets that we can go into, that there's no need, to, um, no need to limit yourself. I was even, who was I sitting with? We were talking about um, a rapping pianist. That's something that we haven't seen. Some, someone who can sit in front of a group of people very, very small group of people or intimate group of people, 200 to 300 people, play piano and rap. Just rap for them while they play piano at the same time. It's a very difficult skill to do and not many people can do it. I don't, many, I don't know any rappers that can play the piano. But if you're able to do that, just as a unique selling point, you rap in front of a small group of people. But you tell a joke like, while you're rapping. You can imagine it almost becomes like uh, you become a little bit comedic. You become like a comedian. And you're telling jokes while you're rapping. Or you tell stories. You narrate stories while you rap. While you're playing the piano. And that that can become your thing. And then you slowly start to grow your fan base. All of a sudden you're sitting in front of 2,000, 5,000, 10,000 people. Getting paid extreme money to tell a story. And that'll go really well with corporates. Because now they're actually listening to what you're saying. And you can tell any kind of message that you want to. Which is basically what, what rap is. And that can be a unique selling point. You can do the same thing, playing guitar, doing the same thing. You can be that person who, um, who is really, you can be a really talented painter. And that's, those, that's, those are your two skills. You paint, but you rap, you know. You've, those are your two major skills. And you rap very differently. And you paint very, you know, in a very impressionistic kind of way. There's many ways that you can do this. Many different skills that you can um uh, tap into or many many different skills that you can make use of to make sure that you are as unique as possible. I don't know. Again, just my own opinion. Um, if you want to send me an email or hit me up about what I've said, you can uh, send an email through to um, business at silasbeats.info. Or what you can do is um, head over to my website, www.silasbeats.info, and you can hit me up with any information or any sort of feedback that you want to give me. I don't know, maybe you don't like this podcast at all and it makes you sick to your stomach. Let me know. Um, Yeah, otherwise, let's keep in contact. Let's keep the communication up. Peace.